1: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
2: It's Tuesday, March 14th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast.
1: Those are the voices of today's (laughs) special guests. Voice number one is the co-host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast, and the co-host of the NFL Explained podcast. He's the keeper of the 26th pick in April's draft. He's a Bronx native, a Fordham grad, (laughs) a Peloton rider, and until Easter, he's an ice cream-free zone. He's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back to the pod. Yammer.
2: Gelato doesn't count, does it?
1: You're damn right it counts, just because it's in another language it doesn't mean you can cheat. Here we go, voice number two is the pride of the Dragons. Did you know that, Mike? No. The Southlake Carroll Dragons we in Southlake, Texas. He's the pride of the Tigers, the University of Missouri Tigers, Mizzou, where he was a Heisman finalist. He's the pride of the Saints and Chiefs, the Eagles and Bears, the Lions and Bolt, but he owes his start in the NFL to Washington, you're welcome. Oh, yes. Podcast listeners, let's welcome the TA podcast debutante, first name Chase, last name Daniel. Welcome to the pod, good sir. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Let the listener uh, know that he clapped himself. I don't know <laughs> where, I, he, he, yes. he, he applauded
2: himself. How do we feel about that, Mike? Uh, it's Chase, so he can do whatever he Fair wants. Fair enough. So. I go. am your
1: host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, we will officially begin the countdown to the draft, draft eve, not yet a national holiday is 32 weekdays from right now, Mm -hmm. and we will give one day to every single NFL franchise in reverse order of their 2022 finish. And that means we begin at the top of the NFL heap with the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. What were they in 2022? What will they be in 2023? What are their team needs as we hurdle headlong towards the draft? A draft KC will host, incidentally, hoping and assuming they will have cleaned up the parade route by then, Mike. The official capital of the NFL for the next month has to be KC. TikTok, we're on the clock. T-minus 32 days, T-minus 32 teams, TA-minus 32 teams. Let's workshop that title. By the time we're done, Maybe we'll have something good. Kansas City, here I come. That's coming up. Plus, we will open the doors for the very first time, celebrating the grand opening of the NFL Hall of Fans. Coop, can we get some suitably event-based red carpety music right here, please? Thank you. And it'll make sense why I requested the presence of Chase Daniel today, because he is the guest of honor, the ribbon cutter. And the very first person who will ever walk the freshly carpeted virtual floors of the Hall of Fans, his three seasons in a Chiefs uniform, and the stories that come with it earn him that right, that's on the way. Big day for us. Please adopt the commensurate reverence for the moment, Mike Ann. Thank you. But first, this. Rogers looks to throw. Bullets the middle.
2: Down. Cobb!
1: Touchdown! Rogers comes up throwing. Left side of the end zone. Touchdown! Mercedes Lewis! Rodgers to throw, looking around, throws, end zone, touchdown, Allen Lazard! So why am I playing for you highlights featuring Aaron Rodgers and his old friends? Because, gentlemen, those very friends may be the holdup. While we await the official announcement of a Jets-Rodgers merger, Rodgers has reportedly submitted to the Jets a list of players he'd like for them to acquire. Mike Yam, let the listener know, is shaking his head with a look of <laughs> bewilderment and a look of somewhat like resentment. Including on that list, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, and Alan Lazard. OBJ reportedly the fourth name on that list. And yes, the Jets are listening. Alan Lazard has reportedly agreed to terms on a four-year, $44 million deal. Chase Daniel, let's start with you. Rogers, this rider, I guess we'll call it his player request. It's not unprecedented. <laughs> Let's not forget, Tom Brady invited the Bucks to bring in Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, and Gronk when he came to Tampa. But there are many an eye rolling right now over the news of Roger's request. Due to timing, the age of the players in question, and the message it may be sending to the Jets before he even agrees to join them. My question to you, is this good business? Or is this good grief?
3: Well, it's good business for Aaron because first of all, all these guys that they are wanting to bring in, they're going to help teach the offense. They're going to help get that locker room culture the way Aaron Rodgers is. Bad business, I think, on the part of the Jets to let him do this, to, I mean, he's really, they're giving him Brady status. And and who's, who's to say, you know, Aaron Rodgers plays a few more years, he's not going to win as many rings obviously as, as Brady, but he is up there in the talk of the top four or five quarterbacks of all time, just stat-wise. And last year wasn't a great year, but to me, the Jets are in too deep. They had to have known his request, which just, by the way, it's Tuesday, March 14th, got made public today. When they started talking, it was obviously part of the deal to bring along Rodgers. Why is it Rodgers signed yet? Who knows, but to bring along his boys, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, obviously, I think is a good get. He's in middle to late 20s receiver who has really good ball ahead. But also, Randall Cobb, like where do these guys fit in in the receiver room? Where do they, I mean, the Jets have a really good young group of receivers, right? So there's going to be an odd man out. Are they going to keep seven receivers on their active roster? No. So I can see the both good and bad business. The most underlying theme is like, Rogers to me is getting his way. Is it going to work out? Who knows? Is it going to cost the franchise? Yeah, yeah. And it's this is a one or two or three year fix. For how long Rodgers is playing, we don't know. And so that's the most interesting thing to me is like, if they don't win, people are gonna look back on this day, Tuesday, March 14th, and when it got leaked that he has these requests. I mean, and it's like, I will not play
1: for you unless, and it's, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic, to say the least. I would say this, Mike as we turn to you. I like the sound of Garrett Wilson on one side and Alan Lazard on the other, I do. Sure. What I don't like the sound of is the old age pensioners coming in, Randall Cobb, <laughs> Mercedes Lewis and uh, a question mark over OBJ if, if they were to be that aggressive. And I think most importantly, what I don't like is the message this sends. My question to you, the same as my question to Chase.
2: Good business or good grief? Good grief to the nth degree. I understand why you brought up the Brady, Brady comparison. The Brady comp. <laughs> here, here's what I would say. I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think of a time in Tom Brady's career where I've said he's not about the team and he's not about uplifting guys. and for as much as we call him the GOAT, I don't think of Tom Brady as a selfish player, one who loves drama. I I just don't. And maybe this is a a mischaracterization of how to actually look at this, but I do attribute those same qualities to the situations that we've seen the last couple seasons with Aaron Rodgers. Chase, you played. uh, Drew chronicled some of your achievements. You could speak to this better than anyone. The NFL, and football specifically, is the ultimate team sport. And I I understand, I'm not naive. I've been watching football my entire life. I've been around professional athletes. I'm not naive to not understand that certain guys get different special treatment occasionally. This seems like a little too much to me. And on top of that, you mentioned these young wide receivers that are in in this room. I think we saw what Rodgers is with a young young group of wide receivers a year ago and it would scare me if i'm a jets fan that we're going to repeat some of the things that we witnessed in witnessed in green bay and it's you're covering up and this is why the draft is so important at the end of april when you invest draft capital a top 10 pick a top five pick the second overall pick like the jets did and you swing and miss it sets your entire organization back and right now the jets feel desperate I
1: think what I really don't like about this is that if Aaron Rodgers is asking Jets brass to kind of pay for allies in the locker room, this kind of built-in support system in a Randall Cobb and a Mercedes Lewis, and forgive me for the ageism joke, I'm 51, I have no business Mm -hmm. talking about anybody's age, but Chase Daniel, it seems to me, as somebody who has walked into new locker rooms many times in your career, I should think that the the job for Aaron Rodgers walking into a new locker room is not to bring allies with him, but to make allies with the guys who are already on the roster.
3: Yeah, and it's a lot easier to make allies when you are Aaron Rodgers. Everyone's going to look at you. saw some of the young guys yesterday tweeting, yeah. um, like, hey, we're so excited about this, like, super excited. Sauce Gardner's been recruiting him. Everyone's been recruiting him. So he's going to walk in as an ally. Now, I am not part of that locker room. I would like to think that it's probably pretty good based on Joe Douglas, and, and he, I was with him in Philly for a little bit. Um, but I think he's created a good locker room. Robert Sala, ultimate players coach, so I gotta believe it's a good locker room. By the way, there's not many good locker rooms in the National Football League. Ooh, but, a
1: little bit of intrigue on yeah, that, yeah, a little We're gonna bit, have to follow up bit, with you yeah. in days well, to
3: come. Well, I would say because a lot of people are about themselves, yes. whereas good locker rooms, in my opinion, like Yammer said, they are working together. Team aspect toward one goal. They are not going their separate ways. Every team I've been on that go their separate ways, we don't make the playoffs, we don't win. Um, But back to Rodgers, I think it's something where he just wants his boys. He wants his boys, like Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb, to go in there. Can they contribute? I don't know. I think Mercedes Lewis can. I think he's a very good blocking tight end, going to catch two or three touchdowns maybe a year on some play-action pass, some trick plays, stuff like that. But those are also, at the end of the day, those are also really good character guys. Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, they are great character guys. So I got to imagine, like, hey, if I'm Joe Douglas or Woody Johnson or you know whoever it is, Robert Sala, and Rogers says this to me, I'm like, all right, like right, we're gonna get him for cheap and it's fine. I don't know from the player side, because I'm not in that locker room, how the actual players feel about it.
1: Is there any part of you that respects Rogers' loyalty to his friends, to his ride or die?
2: Sure, I, and I get it. Like, I, Look, even from a non-football perspective, if any of us are in a job, like when I got here to NFL Network, for example, there's a few people that I had known from previous jobs when I was at ESPN that happened to work here. I was comfortable with them. Like, I wanted to work on a couple of their shows because I felt like that would ease my transition a little bit and I also understood how they work. So I get that and I respect that, but at the same time, there's something really good cooking in New York around this Jets team. They're a quarterback away, maybe Rodgers is that guy, I have some doubts about where they land in the grand scheme of things in the AFC. If the Jets were an NFC team and they were getting Aaron Rodgers, I'd say, oh, okay, like maybe there's a chance here. Maybe they can make a run. I don't know if the Jets are a playoff team even with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Okay, so last question on this, last word on this goes to you, Chase Daniel. Rapid fire questions. If Aaron Rodgers signs the deal, becomes the Jets starting quarterback, are they a playoff team? Yes. If that happens, are they an AFC East champion team or
2: champion contender
1: in that division?
3: Contender, yes. Actual champion, probably not.
2: I have no third question. There you (laughs) go. (laughs) Three teams then I would imagine, right, from that division that you'd see making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you would, you would think so, right? Yeah. And then who's the odd man out? Because the reality is Buffalo's really damn Buffalo's good. Buffalo's in. Miami is Miami's all in, in right Love now. Love what they did the first day of free agency. Jets with Rogers look pretty good. And I'm sorry, like, the Patriots defense typically has scored more than a lot of offenses. So, <laughs> yes, you know, so now that true. they have a new offensive coordinator, maybe that team is in the thick of things. So it's a great division.
1: It is. Maybe the AFC East this year becomes what the NFC East was yeah. last yeah. year. Good. A division that may send three sure. or maybe up to the last minute four in the oh, conversation well. to, yeah. to make the playoffs. Time will tell. Will this be good business or will this be good grief? The jury's out. Guys, thanks for your thoughts on that.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
1: The next name, Lamar Jackson, who set the record straight in the Twitterverse today, saying that he had turned down a Ravens offer that was a three-year deal for $133 million guaranteed. Michael Robinson, in our production meeting earlier today, said something that I think is a little bit of just sort of practical wisdom as we look at this. In Mike Robb's estimation, the numbers, or at least the construct for our contract that will get this deal done, is to give him running back years, he said, with quarterback money. Sure. So you up the per year, the annual per year, to 45 to 50, so that he can get maybe three years, running back years, three years, $150 million, would probably make the deal. Do you agree?
3: <sighs> you know,
1: Deep yes, sigh from Chase Daniel, yes, deep, deep Yes sigh. and
3: no. Like, Mike Rob gave a, a wonderful point and it's so true. But at the end of the day, the one variable in this whole situation and we have not seen it anywhere is what is Lamar thinking? Yes. What does he think that he deserves? Cuz at the end of the day, he doesn't have an agent. So he's an agent and a player for himself and his thinking is very player-based, but he is he is getting these comps, right? Deshaun Watson? Yes. And I think that, I look,
1: I think that's the name and that really upset the Apple Card, and yeah. that's the contract yeah. that upset the Apple Card. And I think we can infer, based on the market and based on what Lamar has achieved and what he has sort of leaked in very, very sly, subtle, kind of professional ways, if I'm being honest about it, what he wants. I think we know what he wants. He looks at Deshaun Watson, and this phrase was uttered in the meeting. You may have said it yourself. I'm better than him. Yeah. If he looks at Deshaun Watson, he can probably very rightly say and pass a lie detector test along the way, I am better than him. I'm less of a problem than him. I should make more money than him. Now, that's a very simple equation for the player, but you can understand it. Yeah, I can understand it. It's much more complex than that, and that's what we said.
3: I can absolutely understand it, but also there are 10 to 15 other quarterbacks that aren't getting paid Deshaun Watson type money that are better than Deshaun Watson. There you go. So, a little reality check for... Lamar. Now I, I personally and we said this on um, Sunday's show. I am personally like pro Lamar. Like I think he deserves to get paid. All right. The the, the average he turned down was forty four point four six million dollars a year on the three year one hundred and thirty three, or whatever
1: it was. Show off. Um oh I like and, how you how and, specific he got and then he said whatever yeah. it was.
3: Yeah, well to me it's not whatever because it's all guaranteed. Yes. Okay. But my thing is take that and just add, say, two to three million per year. Okay, that gets you to 46 to 47. Does he accept that? So, are you t- probably you would we, we probably said he would probably accept a 46 APY of 47 if you add
1: 17, and I realize that's a big jump, but if you add 17 mm. million and go right to 150, he says yes, he can't say no. Yeah,
3: exactly. But so like, the question is really your question yeah. is what if you go up two or three? Does, does it move the needle that much? And to my opinion, it probably does. Now, now the Ravens they don't want to lock up their premier former. NFL MVP for 9 million more, 3 million per per year, that seems outrageous to me. So there's gotta be something else going on because if I'm the Ravens, like, all right, we're right at that number. Let's just give you 9 million, call a day. Locker room's happy. You're happy. You're not tweeting cryptic tweets. You're not doing all this stuff. Like there's something to be said about the front office of the Ravens. Like I understand they're trying and they've worked hard to get it done, but they haven't got it done. And it just looks bad, honestly, on them. You don't have
1: a crystal ball. But what are you seeing in the future for this situation? Does Lamar Jackson wear the black and purple of the Baltimore Ravens this season? Does he play? Yeah,
3: I, I think he definitely plays and he plays for the Ravens. It's just, what is it gonna take for the relationship to fracture or to build? Like who's gonna step up to the plate? And that's what we talked about. We talked about in the production meeting before the show and we're gonna talk about it on the show is that Lamar Jackson needs an agent. Like I am pro agent. You have to have tough conversations with GMs and head coaches, and you have to have an intermediary for yourself. And sometimes these GMs can't negotiate with a player like yeah. they would a, uh, an agent because they don't want this player to feel hurt or emotional or su- whatever it is.
1: You actually said that. I want to follow up very quickly. I'm running out of time, but you said GMs and owners will say things to agents that they would never say to the player. Chase Daniel, like what? Well, I mean, like, listen, we don't believe that you deserve this contract, and here is
3: why. I mean, that is, it's called a negotiation. That kind of language the player simply doesn't want to hear. The player doesn't want to hear because it's going to, it'll ultimately drive a wedge between player and team. That's why very rarely, there's very little players that represent themselves, and when they do, very rarely on small cases Bobby Bobby Wagner maybe have gotten decent not even good decent deals based on them representing themselves there's a need for an agent and I'm not maybe he has something to get vendetta against agents I don't know but that is part of the sport if he doesn't want to pay him pay three percent say I'll pay one and a half percent whatever like it's negotiable but that's that to me is like I don't think it's the only thing holding up but I think it would have made things gone smoother and we wouldn't have ended up Team versus Lamar cryptic tweets on Twitter.
1: Translation, there's still time, Lamar Jackson, to hire an agent. You don't even have to make it public. Mm-mm. Just hire one. No. Next name, next topic, Darren Waller. This comes Ooh, to you, Mike am Here we go. Who will play the next season catching passes from Daniel Jones, traded to the Giants by the Raiders. I'm guessing, guys, that Jimmy G, not prone to fits of emotion, spiked his phone in disgust <laughs> when he heard the news. I'm guessing that Daniel Jones, also not prone to fits of emotion, may have spiked his phone in a moment of absolute joy. Mike Yam, how excited are you, Giants fan?
2: Absolutely thrilled. He is, I'm 41. He's the best tight end in a Giants uniform in my lifetime. Mm. I Look, I'll let other historians go through the Giants. I, I couldn't tell you if there's a tight end that would have been able Bavaro to. Bavaro was
1: important to, at his time,
2: but, but not but, as good. But the production is not there. I mean, I, I was actually strolling looking for Jeremy Schock, he's going, hey, no love for me. It's, it is. Um, I love Shock. Yeah. Waller's better. Not, not even ex- close. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just no one is there. And look, what Daniel Jones was able to do with Bellinger last year, pre injury, I thought was actually pretty damn good. I can't even imagine how much more dynamic this offense will look with just one player in Darren Waller. I if Saquon is tagged now, so now you've got a real threat on the outside. Hodgins is locked up. I still think the Giants go to the draft and find another wide receiver. Um, they need another wide receiver. You and I have talked to, three of us have actually talked about how not great this free agent wide receiver class yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You go from, and this is what I like here, a, a known commodity. Because they could, I thought what they could do in that first round or in the second round was either wide receiver or tight end. This is a really good tight end draft. They said, you know what, we're not gonna go with an unknown commodity, even if there is some upside. We're gonna go with a known guy that is a real difference maker. Absolutely. Playmaker. Fabulous. Yeah, playmaker yeah. for the Giants. Huge GM. playmaker, like Love from it. the
3: second he steps on the field.
2: Chase
1: Daniel, I only have one question for you because of time, no other reason. I need an NFL translation. What you are seeing from the Raiders Chase, what are they doing? Bargain shopping?
3: <laughs> Trying to get rid of contracts? I mean, that's the only explanation for what has happened. I mean, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, we've had that conversation. I don't think Jimmy G is that much worse, per se. You get him for $18 million less a year than you would have had to pay Carr. <laughs> carding up for forty, you know, he's at twenty-two, and and so I don't know. I mean, it's
2: it's tough. isn't that good business though. That if is you're great keeping business. Waller, yeah. if you're trying to go, and that's
3: win. that's why I thought they could keep yeah. these guys because it's an eighteen million now. Maybe they're thinking they need to shore up their defense, right? Because that <laughs> that division is crazy. I don't know. We haven't we haven't seen it at all, but it, it it's hard to explain. Um, if you're seeing this as a player and you're trading away like your best or second best, know, Darren, who who knows. Who's their best if you're trading away that player yeah it's for cap savings but what's your plan b yeah yeah like that was my question to you one. you don't have an answer and and to be completely honest like other than third down the man coverage in this league is played at such a small rate at what it used to be and where do you go in zone coverage you go to running backs and who else oh tight ends yeah. if i see zone and i see a tampa two defense like I'm not, tr- like, Devontae is double. Now, Devonte is d- weird, like, weird in a good way, like, different, but I wasn't seeing Hunter Renfro outside, clouded, uh, like, uh, uh, safety on top of him and a corner. Like, no, I'm finding Darren Waller on a linebacker, yes. which is always a m- yes. mismatch. Yes, yes. Always. And so, like, that to me is what
1: I, like, I like the move from the Giants because that's going to help Daniel Jones tremendously. Congratulations to Mike Yam. Next name, Austin Eckler. Chase Daniel, your teammate as of late, has requested permission to speak with other teams about a potential trade. Now, over the past two seasons, this man has north of 3,000 scrimmage yards and a total of 38 touchdowns. That is the most scrimmage touchdowns in the NFL during that time by far. Mm -hmm. 12 more than the guy who Mm -hmm. was in second place, James Mm Conner. Since 2021, Austin Eckler has accounted for 40% of the Chargers' offensive touchdowns. Translation, obviously he is incredibly important, but Chase, you can sort of quantify this or at least contextualize this. How important is this man to this team?
3: Well, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not even close. Other than Justin Herbert and Derwin James, I would put um, Austin Eckler right there second or third. And, and it's not just based on the production on the field. Everyone knows about the production on the field. But it's what he brings to the locker room, his vocal leadership, his lead by example, him doing the right thing, just an all-around amazing teammate. And I told this to um, someone, maybe it was you. He's like all-time like one of my top five favorite teammates yeah. of all time. Of all time. And that 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 goes a long way. Plus, he's a stud player. Yeah, yes. And so you not only lose production, which everyone looks at that part. Let's go a little deeper. Let's let's pull back the, the curtain you lose that locker room presence from him too, which is, by the way, the Chargers a very young team. And so, especially offensively, you know, Justin's entering his fourth year and about to get paid himself, but is it because that you – know, it just comes down to why. Like, why are we letting – I say we, I'm, I'm, I'm a free agent. Why, why are the Chargers letting Eckler go get a trade? To see, I know he's coming up on his third contract. And very rarely do older running backs get three contracts. It just doesn't happen a lot. But the guy had almost 40 scrimmage touchdowns over the past two seasons. The past two seasons. Like he is the offense there.
2: Stylistically, though, I don't know if you can classify him as the running back that maybe doesn't get that third deal just because he's not. I mean, I remember even talking to Austin before the season started. I was down to watch you guys practice. And. He even said to me, he's like, hey, I'm not Jonathan Taylor. He's like, that's not what my game is. So, in my mind, I almost say to myself, like, there's a lot of tread on those tires. Keep in mind, the tag number for running back right now is about $10 million. He's entering the fourth year, the final year of this current deal. He's making $6.2 million. It's a bargain. I just, you, he's an undrafted guy. I don't blame him for wanting to get paid. Like, if, yep. if you produce at that level, getting back to the Lamar Jackson thing, like, if I'm any of these players, I'm like, Yo, man, pay me. Like this is what He's far market value. No doubt. Not like even and reward close. reward a guy who Clearly is the front runner spokesperson for that football team, and I love. Look, I mean, you know, Justin. We were in the quarterback room with him. I had him when he was at Oregon. He's a great guy, but he's not. He's not like the charismatic. Oh my God, put me in front. Yeah, like like Austin is. Like, there's real value there. I, I'm shocked we're down this path.
1: Okay, so let's using Mikey Am's phrase. Let's reward the guy. Chase, you're just the guy to do it. Let's put on your agent hat and your general manager hat. Let's reward him. Where are you placing him? Where are you putting him? What offense could you see Austin Eckler being a pivotal, instant impact piece for the 2023 people, season? People
3: like the Bengals, and and I don't disagree. Joe Burrow, I mean, he, he would love to go there. I think Austin's going to want to win a ring or play with a veteran quarterback. The outlier here, and we talked about it, it's probably not gonna happen. I really like Denver. You do. And I like Denver for a lot I, of reasons. I actually
2: don't think it's gonna be Denver. I'm literally just getting an email right now. Broncos have agreed to terms with Samaji P. Ryan on a two year oh. seven and a half million dollar deal. So it kinda opens up. So now we have an opening everything. where? Hey. Yeah. Cin-
3: Cin- Cincinnati. All so. right. There you go. They, so, and they probably they probably looked yeah. into it, yeah. and they probably were like not in division. But I, the reason I said that was the Saints' offense: Joe Lombardi, no
1: of course, uh, Alvin Kamara, Darren Sproles, all well, that stuff. C- clearly, Chase, yeah. you are thinking precisely the way that these guys are thinking. Yeah. So let's see where the dominoes <laughs> fall from here. Last name: Baker, Reagan, Mayfield. Rumored to be attracting interest from the Bradyless Bucks. I've got a question coming to you, Chase, but real quickly. First thoughts on Baker Mayfield's current situation, future in the NFL. Where do you see him? I mean, if we look at that NFC South, Mike Ann, we can all agree, even with the change in New Orleans with Derek Carr, that that is a, it's an ultimately, it's a rather winnable division. No doubt. It's gettable, right? It's a gettable division. And Baker to the Bucks in theory, could steal a little spotlight from Derek Carr in New Orleans, from uh, Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Uh, Taylor Heineke, of course, two-year deal. I'm so sorry to see him go, but I'm so happy for him. And whoever, of course, the Panthers select at number one. That is a winnable division.
2: Do you like this Baker to the Bucks, uh, gambit? I do. I do. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. And maybe I'm in the minority on this one, but what are the options? You know, I'm, I've been trying the last two days to concoct a path for the Colts because I don't think they they at four should be taking a quarterback, assuming Stroud and, and Bryce are off the board. So to me, I'm looking through all these free agent quarterbacks that are out there. I'm shocked, Chase, that you're hanging out with us, to be honest <laughs> with you at this point, seeing the names that are out there. Like, to me, their best option in Indianapolis is Andy Dalton. I say that because from a Bucks perspective, what's your draft capital? Are you going to be able to get one of those top guys? No. When, when the Panthers moved up to one, they put the rest of the league on notice. They're getting their guy, and the Texans aren't moving out. So you guys can have the best of the rest. The, the Bucks aren't going to take one of those guys. They still have a roster that, and I get it. They struggled. Maybe they go and they draft um, uh, Robinson, the kid out of Texas, at that running back spot. They need help there. But, Chase, you said it. Those pieces at the wide receiver spot, they're pretty good. Special. And I don't want to sound like a, a Baker-Mayfield apologist, but – when he was healthy in Cleveland, there was some success there. So I, I don't hate it from a Tampa Bay perspective. A little bit to unpack
1: there. Let's remind people what that wide receiver room looks like in Tampa Bay. Oh, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. Yeah. Julio Jones is, of course, a free agent, but maybe they resign him. Back. We're looking at some some real premier players <sighs> at the wide receiver position. And... Chase, you said it yourself, your eyes kind of widened and they lit up in the meeting earlier today when you said, Baker, when he plays well, there's something that kind of lights the fire in the fan. Yeah, and and that's what he did at Oklahoma.
3: And that's what made him the number one pick, like something, and I like to call it the it factor, right? You don't know what it is, but there is some, obviously he's got the skills, the talent, whatever, but there's something more about his infectious personality, the way he plays, the way he interacts with his teammates, his confidence that's borderline cocky, his swagger, all of those things <laughs> make he just sense. Said borderline, yeah. Yeah. With I would say, to Baker. Yeah. not borderline. Yeah. It, he Bro, is. he crossed yeah. that border so long ago. No passport um, required. But I, but I like that about him. Yeah, and, I do and too. I think it's, I think it's awesome. And we talked about it. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it sounds like to me, it is a bargain shopping no deal for Tampa. Let's keep the team together. Let's surround them with veteran presence, which they are. They're a very veteran team. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be seen just how it's worked out. Like, uh, are they, you know, Kyle Trask? I don't, I don't know if they'd necessarily want him to win the job. Um, it, it's, you're we keep, gonna- you're, We
1: keep hearing doubts sneak yeah. out of Bucks Camp, if you will, about Kyle Trask. Which I'm sorry to report, you know, uh, for Kyle. He was a friend of the show. He came on during his entire draft process. And lovely kid, and I wish him well. But clearly their eyes are elsewhere because they want some depth in that room. They want to create a real environment of competitiveness uh, in the offseason going into the season so that they really have some answers and not questions when the season begins. I want to throw one more thing your way before we get to the Hall of Fans. You schooled us earlier on the unwritten NFL rule. Chase Daniel, it's the first-round draft pick rule. You called it the three-chance rule. Please explain how this applies to Baker Mayfield.
3: I just think, in, in general, if you look at the history of the National Football League, like, first-round quarterbacks get a ton of chances. They have to prove that they can't play. And usually they get three chances, right? You look at Carson Wentz, just finishes his third chance up. Baker Mayfield, this is his third chance. And if you, after your third chance as a starter, which is by the way, an astronomical amount of chances to prove you can play and start. Okay, that's another, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um, but if he doesn't prove it like he is, is he a backup now? Is he, like, what's he doing? And this is a, this is an opportunity, and this is why it's a good opportunity for Baker. Forget the money, it's a very, very good chance to start. And if you play well enough, if you're a couple games
1: above 500, you're probably winning that division and you're getting to the playoffs. Yeah. Translation, Chase Daniel can see it, Baker to the Bucks. Mikey M likes the sound of it. Truth be told, so do I.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
1: You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast, Andrew Levy with Mikey M and our in-resident QB, Chase Daniel. And today we celebrate the official start of our countdown to the draft. Coop, start the clock. Okay, that could get annoying quickly. Let's ride those levels where necessary. And we are so pleased to announce the grand opening of the TA podcast fans. You'll get your chance, Giants fan. You hang on there, Mike Cam. (laughs) This was the brainchild of a guy we know and love, Brian O'Rourke. We know him as Chunky B. He's a Bengals fan. You'll hear from him on Friday. But today, we invite the very first visitor to the Hall of Fans, Chase Daniel, you're going to wear that for the grand opening? Yeah, Great. I got up my suit for the show. Great. Thanks, bud. Uh, so let's pair these two events in one mashup of football and fandom. We will do this in reverse order of how they finished the 2022 NFL campaign. That means we begin with the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs.
2: For the second time in
1: four seasons, the Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. How did last season go? Pretty good. 14-3 record, a seventh straight AFC West title, a fifth straight AFC Championship game appearance, a fifth straight home AFC championship game appearance. That feels so good, don't Let me hear you say, oh!
0: <laughs> Na-na-na-na!
1: A third Super Bowl appearance in four years and a third Super Bowl win for this franchise. Damn. They won Super Bowl IV, 54, and 57. Andy Reid, take the mic. How about those Jeez. Seasons that end in parades. Chase typically are ones to remember.
0: Na-na-na-na! That's a good one right there. I like that one right
1: there. Okay, Chase Daniel, you are the resident chief. Take us inside the kingdom. What is it like to play in front of 76,416 screaming fans at Arrowhead? Maybe the obvious question is, how loud is it? Uh, Deafening.
3: And I've played there as a, obviously, Kansas City Chief, and played there multiple times as an away game. And it, it's much louder, it seems like, for the away games, <laughs> for some reason, for some odd reason. I wonder why. Um, the fans are some of the best in the, in the NFL. And, and I say that because they are passionate. They know when to cheer. They know when to be loud. They like to have some beers before at their tailgates, and they are extra loud with that barbecue coming out of their souls and heads come game day. And they get a lot of primetime games, so they have a lot of time to maybe, you know, enjoy their beverages before
1: the game. Your eyes light up when you talk about the Chiefs. I know this was a special time in your career from 2013 to 2015. A lot went well for you during that time. You got some real great significant playing time on the field. You got married off the field to a woman who was from Kansas City who you met at Missouri. How proud are you of your association to this franchise? Number 10
3: yeah. for the Chiefs. Yeah, very proud. Very proud. And, and it, it goes far beyond playing. Um, obviously my wife and entire family was there. So to actually get, and it, and it was my first big, quote unquote, free agent deal. Yeah. So I was with uh, Washington, and then I spent four years in um, New Orleans, and it was my first crack at free agency going into year five, and um, Andy Reid's first year. So I got to see the bedrock laid, the foundation laid for what it was going to look like. Now we did they didn't have the players then, um, like they do now. And it was big, tall guys, Dwayne Bowe was awesome. It was like Anthony Fasano, Jamal Charles, Derek, all the star wars where you could see it coming along. Yeah. And then 15 was sort of like, we started 9-0 that year first of all, on 13, 9-0. And that was a crazy Andrew Luck playoff game. We were down 28 or 27 points at halftime. Came back, lost, whatever, didn't make the plus in fourteen. <laughs> yeah. And then and and fifteen was sort of the first year that we that we made some noise. I think we started three and three and won our last nine or ten games and um, made the playoffs, shut out Houston at Houston in the playoffs, and went up to New England, lost a heartbreaker by eight points. But you could tell that was the year then sixteen they or sixteen or 17, they draft Mahomes and then the rest is history. Um, but my time there was was excellent from all standpoints and It was something to do with the people and the culture that they brought in. They went two and 14 in 2012. Andy Reid wins his first nine games. So you could just tell, I mean, usually very, very few quick fixes. Um, That was a very quick fix and just laying the foundation for what the franchise is looking like. You're a student of the game. Uh, Who's your favorite Chiefs player ever? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna go a little, I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna go Jamal Charles and Derek Johnson. And I say that because they're some of my favorite teammates, like, Superstar players in their own right, but just a down-to-earth guy. Mike Yam, you're a
1: student of the game. Who's your favorite Chiefs I'll, I'll player take ever? I'll Surri- I was yes. surprised you weren't
2: going to go down that path, although yeah. it does make sense why you yep. went the way that you did. But I just think about the production, and not to make this a fantasy thing, but always being jealous of the teams that had them when I didn't. <laughs> we have a
1: few Chiefs fans at NFL Media, including, yeah. of course, Chase Daniel, but our esteemed director Jose Colomer, whose Cuban father knew nothing about football but whose love for the Royals invited an awareness of the Chiefs. Jan Stenerud and Steve DeBerg were Jose's first favorite Chiefs players. His favorite pictures of himself as a kid is in the snow wearing Chiefs gear
2: with a little hat.
1: Jose learned how to drive in the parking lot at Arrowhead Stadium. Jose's partner in crime, Chris Elner, a guy we know quite well an associate director, similarly fell in love with the Royals, then the Chiefs, his favorite player, Priest-Holmes. Oh, Together, as you might imagine, they have been insufferable for the rest of us over these past seven years, and they deserve every cocky grin and every moment of boast, because in their case, most of the boasts are spot on. Okay, guys, let's talk draft very quickly. Team Needs, as we head into the draft. There they are at 31, should be 32. Thank you, Dolphins. Team Needs, offensive tackle, wide receiver, defensive end. Do you agree with those, Chase? Yeah,
3: I, I think for them, um, obviously shoring up the left tackle spot now or, or right tackle, whatever they move around. Obviously, they're losing Orlando Brown. Um, he's not resigning. Um, but also receiver, really the only guy that sort of has anything that's not a free agent is MVS, and he's great for that fit. But you've got to – I mean, they, maybe they're thinking Sky Moore, there's Tony step up, but you have to have a really good number two or one depending on how they view MBS. And you can get that with – they're going to draft speed. at at that position. We know that. Um, And so who is the fastest guy at 32 that
1: they feel like fits their spot? Who knows? You have an answer for the Chiefs potentially in free agency before we even get to the draft. Yeah,
2: I couldn't help but think about some comments uh, Jeffrey Shadia had made on uh, Free Agent Frenzy on NFL Network. OBJ's name popped up there. We talked on Total Access about Juju, Mark Ross, our GM, had made it clear that he thought Juju should head back to Kansas City and they should get that done. And then in terms of that offensive line, Juwan Taylor getting a four year, $80 million contract. Mm. Uh, Orlando Brown wanted more, which is why Taylor is now heading to Kansas City. But at the end of the day, I agree with those needs. And in that front office, I trust at this point.
1: Our draft experts, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks have Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from uh, Georgia. I don't see him Going, that long. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that he's going go to still long. be there at the end of the draft. After what we saw from him at the yeah. combine, somebody else has Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. I
2: would love that uh,
1: being F-S. one oh, of the yeah. answers for your oh, uh, your position need there. Chase 2022 stats I'll get to in a moment. Let's let these guys go with one more question. We saw what they did last year. We see what this team has done. You were there. You were there for yeah. the beginning of it all when Andy yeah. Reid came in and started to lay the bedrock. You said. Truth be told, you're not giving yourself enough credit. You were part of that build, so congratulations to you. You have a role in what we are seeing from this Chiefs dynasty, and I think that's fair enough. We can go capital D, neon letters, it is a dynasty. Five straight home AFC Championship games, that's a dynasty. Predictions for next year for the Chiefs, 2023. Do they run it back? It's a very difficult thing to do. Do they win another AFC West title? What do you see
2: from this team? AFC West, I think they're still the Kings, and I don't know if there's another team that's going to be able to topple them in that division as it stands right now. Another Super Bowl. You're also asking the guy that picked the Eagles in the Super Bowl, so I'm probably the worst person to ask that question to. The AFC is a gauntlet, man. Like, you start thinking about the talent, once again migrating to that conference, it's pretty impressive. So I guess I'm hedging. It's so hard to do. I mean, When was the last back-to-back winner? Patriots, uh, Patriots, right? Yeah.
1: Twenty years ago.
3: Yeah. yeah, it is very difficult. People very don't difficult. understand. Like, you have to have really good players, really good scheme, amazing injury luck, yeah. amazing luck in certain games to win to get. Because guess what? There's only one buy now. That's true. There's but only Chase, one buy.
1: But Chase, I will remind you of something you know very well: is that this team specifically proved to us how flexible, how malleable they are in the face of changing conditions. No Tyree kill, no problem. We're going to go. We're going to take your doubts and we're going to shove them down everybody's throat and we're going to go win the Super Bowl. I mean, you saw Travis Kelsey, the joy, the delicious joy the in his cry. face yeah. of how dare you doubt us. Yeah.
2: You jabroni!
1: Go ahead and doubt us again at your own peril next yeah. season. Know your role and shut your mouth! I know it's difficult to do, but if any team can do it, man, it strikes me as that this team is the team. When you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And Andy and Reid, designing Reed plays.
3: at... Head coach and number eighty-seven. Sure, sure, you can do it. Is it the road way more difficult? And I'm not. It's not a doubt. It's it's the long reality season, check.
1: It's the reality check. Oh, you and your reality and check. We're in the hall of fans right now. I'm just gonna You're say, the first
3: person walking through
1: these halls, they probably not me. gonna redo it.
3: I'm probably they're probably not gonna repeat. I mean, it's you guys. guys we we love to talk about it, but I, I understand that. I I agree with your point that they are the best team. Coming into the season. Uniquely, without qualified. a doubt. Yes. Without, it's not even close, in my opinion. You don't think
2: Cincinnati's close?
3: I think they're close, but okay. Kansas City is battle tested. They. In the playoffs, Agreed. that counts for something. Andy Reid's coaching and these guys, the, cool co- and the number one seed, drastically matters. You win one home game, if you're the one seed, you are hosting an AFC game. And we know what happens in most AFC games at Arrowhead. Uh-huh. So it, it's just, it's about the climb. It's about the journey. Um, and they started off four and three, three like three and two, yeah. I don't know yeah, what, like slow. something like yeah. that, yeah. slow. And they got the rhythm. It's They're gonna win double-digit games yeah. for sure.
2: And look, I, I think, Cincinnati's a team that I would point to. That's right there. They did not help themselves out. Jesse Bates now going oh, to Atlanta, I think, is a bigger hit than most people realize. both. Von Bell, too. Yeah. It, to me, there's some issues there. Now, if your boy, Austin Eckler, ends oh, up there oh. and they're able to address some of those needs that they have in the draft. Jordan Foyer there, maybe? You know, no, that's saying. a great one. Just that's saying. a great they call, need, which actually might safety. even be an upgrade yeah. in some respects. But the point is, it, it's hard to doubt this team. And it's it would be, and it sounds like for me and Chase, it's both saying... it. It's so hard to do it. It's so hard to get to a Super Bowl. So that's that's why it's. I think it's an easier answer to say no. But wouldn't be shocked if they're there.
1: Let's take a look specifically at the stats from their Super Bowl winning campaign. The Kansas City offense total offense ranked first. Scoring offense first. Passing offense first. They were second in the NFL on third downs. They were third in the NFL at preventing their quarterback from getting dirty. Third at preventing sacks. They were second in the red zone. They were fifth in big plays. They were first in yards per play. Now, they were 20th in rushing, a bottom half offense in terms of rushing the ball. But we saw this team do what they do, which is to run the ball with intention and efficiency when it matters most. They were certainly able to run. You doubt that truth? Go back and watch Isaiah Pacheco's tape from the Super Bowl. On the other side of the ball their defense was the 11th ranked total defense in the NFL. A bend not break situation. They were eighth against the rush. They were second at sacking opponents quarterbacks. The one area of giant concern, red zone. Their red zone defense was ranked 31st, second to last in the NFL. Don't be surprised if they address that come draft time and in free agency.
3: Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm be honest with y'all. I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding you, we're
2: world champs. We're world champs.
1: Last word on this goes to the player, Chase Daniel. The best thing about being a Chiefs fan and a Chiefs player is finish the sentence.
3: Oh, the barbecue in Kansas City. <laughs> right, here Come we go. Now. We've talked enough about football. Finally, that we got food, to what really matters. That food is something else. I'm telling you what. It was Jack Stack, my favorite. I know you guys have asked. Jack Stack on the plaza. And actually, if you're listening and you're from Kansas City, go to Jack Stack. Get the barbecue salmon. No one would think they're going to get the prime rib or the crown rib or the brisket <laughs> or the whatever. Get the barbecue salmon. Do yourself a favor.
1: I want to thank today's very special guests, Mike Yam and Chase Daniel. Thank you guys so much for being here for the beginning, the countdown to the draft, and for the grand opening of the NFL Hall of Fans. The first bust in the hall goes to Chase Daniel. Please join us tomorrow when the free agency deals that have been rumored and reported for the last three days become official or at least can become official we will of course have the very latest free agency news plus our countdown to the draft turns to the nfc side of the ledger the nfc champion the vanquished but valiant philadelphia eagles what are their team needs heading in to the draft with so many key players leaving leaving The city of brotherly shove in free agency. They have a lot of work to do. Howie Roseman is just the guy to do it. We'll give you the cheat sheet on the Philadelphia Eagles tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.